The birth control pill has been seen for the most part as an empowering way for many women to have control over their sexual health and their bodies. But what are the societal implications when we place the burden of contraception on women? Why do we as a society put so much of the contraceptive responsibilities on women, yet there is so little funding into the research surrounding women's health? Let's chat. She, a podcast for the non-traditional woman. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a couple. couple. Join us as we break down the modern feminine experience and explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 39 of SHE, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. Yes, and thank you so much to everyone who gave us really great feedback uh, for our last episode on hate culture. And since last episode, actually, I said on last week's episode that we had been listened to in 80 countries. That number in a week has changed to 92 countries. So thank you to everyone who's been listening and who's sharing our podcast. Yeah, thanks so much to everyone listening, those listening from the beginning and to those who have just found us. Welcome to She. Um, Also, thanks so much to everyone who DM'd us suggesting topics for us to cover. A lot of you asked Tiana and I to talk specifically about Uh, the birth control pill and it was actually on our to-do list so that's exactly what we're going to chat about today. Yeah we've had a lot of our listeners message us requesting this episode but we want to shout out our woman of the week Holly who was the first person to submit a request for an episode on birth control because she also struggles to find a form of birth control that works for her and we're going to talk about all that today. Yeah, we're just going to have a chat surrounding birth control, um, our thoughts on it, and some of our research that we found. Well, I'd love to start with just our experience with the pill before we get into a lot of the research we found. So do you want to tell us about your pill story? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I started the pill at 16 to regulate my periods and then later on as another form of contraception. But now I take it to stop my periods altogether. Yeah. Because I have endometriosis, every period that I get causes more inflammation. So I take the pill back to back without a break. So I purposefully don't get my periods anymore. Um, Some gynecologists have told me that that would send me into early menopause. Others said it wouldn't. (laughs) Um, And, you know, this is just a result of the lack of research uh, gone into this. But we'll chat more about that later. Um, However, as much as I feel like I rely on the pill to ease my endo discomfort, I don't actually want to be on it. Um, I don't want to rely on it. Um, It messes with my hormones to the point where I'm so tired all the time and have such a lack of energy. Uh, For many people, it causes extreme mood alterations. Plus, if I forgot it just for one day, I'm in agony because my body starts to prepare for a period. Um, But there aren't a lot of options for me. The other options for suppressing my periods don't suit me. So in that sense, the pill has become my best friend. But It's also a pain in the arse. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, it's interesting because the pill is marketed towards women as a lifestyle drug sometimes. You know, use it to fix your acne or help with cramps or regulate your periods. But we don't talk about how the pill affects mood and behavior. Mm. Not everyone really feels a difference with the pill. I didn't for a long time. I was on like the same brand of the pill since I was like, I don't know, maybe 18. And only now this year when I've had to switch brands because the brand I used in Canada wasn't available in the US, did I start to notice how it affected me. 
First of all, it's taken me basically all of 2020 to find the right pill, the right brand that works with my body. I'm on a low dosage, but certain brands were giving me the worst migraines where I couldn't even like open my eyes without throwing up. And other brands were making me feel nauseous and others were making me moody. And this was a new experience for me. I never felt that way on birth control until this year. And I finally only recently found a brand that doesn't do those things and makes me feel feel fairly normal. Um, But still, it raised a lot of red flags for me personally, like, what am I putting into my body to equal this? And this is the thing. I don't have endometriosis like Soph, and I'm in a gay relationship. But at this point, I'm literally scared as to what will happen to my body if I was to be off the pill. I like that it regulates my periods, and I I like knowing that I can control my period, and that's why I'm still on it. Yeah. It's interesting that you said you don't technically need to be on the pill, but you want to be uh, on it because of the control you have over your body. Yeah, for the most part. But I've really debated this year whether to go off it or not. But I'm genuinely worried for my hormones to be out of whack because doctors say it can take, you know, up to six months or even more for your hormones to return to normal after stopping the pill. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even tell you the last time I wasn't on the pill. Like... Who is Sophie when she doesn't take the pill? Like, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. And as a disclaimer, you know, this goes without saying, but we are not health professionals and we're definitely not anti-birth control. But we want to talk further about our thoughts on the birth control pill and how it's viewed in society, because we're not taught to really question the pill from a societal standpoint. Plus, uh, we trust the healthcare system that what we're putting into our bodies is actually safe for our bodies. Yeah, we're taught that, of course, if you're sexually active, that we as women should be on the pill, which, yes, you should have a form of contraceptive if you're having sex and you don't want to get pregnant. But first of all, once again, the concept of birth control assumes everyone is heterosexual. You go to your doctor and when they ask you if you're sexually active and using a form of contraceptive, they don't consider people who say they're not on the pill to not be on it because they're gay. It's always like, well, why aren't you on the pill then if you're sexually active, you know? So it's like very invasive. Yeah, it's assumed that they're straight. And second of all, yes, the pill is a great invention for women to have control over their bodies. But also, it might be time to question why the responsibility is solely on the woman in the first place. And we saw this statistic on a page called Every Two Men that broke down birth control in regards to men versus women and how technically birth control should be designed and marketed to men. Uh, Soph, do you want to read uh, the post for everyone? Yeah. Um, so it comes at this issue from a mathematical standpoint, but it's simplified. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, don't worry. If you're like Soph and I who are not good at math, this is simple enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, mathematically speaking, one man can impregnate nine women every day for nine months. That's 2,430 pregnancies, whereas one woman can only get pregnant once within nine months, even if she were to sleep with nine men every day within nine months. So wouldn't that make more sense for birth control from a biological, mathematical perspective to be geared towards men? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say so too. Um, For me, I take the pill because of a disease that there's no cure for. But if I was taking this solely for contraception, I'd be pretty pissed that the responsibility only falls on those who can get pregnant. Yeah, and I loved how at the end of this statistic, it said 
that science is busy making pills and hormone altering devices for the wrong person, which is true. Safe sex, of course, should be the responsibility of both parties involved. But why is it that the birth control responsibilities outside of like condoms all rely on women? It kind of reinforces this notion that women are to blame for unwanted pregnancies. Well, yeah, you hear so often when a woman has an unplanned pregnancy, the question of, well, were you on the pill? I mean, the fingers are always pointed at the woman. Exactly. And the birth control pill in so many ways was and still is empowering for women. Of course, you know, it's empowering for a woman to be able to control what happens to her body. Women are able to be the decision makers with their sexual health, but to an extent. And I say that because one Why are there no options for male birth control? Two, so if you made an interesting discovery in your research when it comes to the pill and its regulation and how it was regulated by the Catholic Church. So it kind of takes away from what we thought was bodily autonomy. Yeah, there's this whole book written by Pope Paul VI in 1968 called Humanae Vitae which means of human life. I actually studied this in college, lol. (laughs) I studied both feminism and theology together, so I would be well-versed in situations like this. And you are. (laughs) But anyway, this book basically rejects um, artificial contraception, i.e. the pill. Uh, This is important because a lot of women's lives were influenced by this decision. Yeah. A decision from the Pope. (laughs) So what's even more interesting is that when the pill was being created... It was designed with not women in mind, but the Pope. The pill was designed to persuade the Pope to agree to it, to keep the Pope happy. So John Rock, one of the gynecologists who invented the pill, was a devout Catholic and knew that the Pope wouldn't agree to the pill if it didn't mirror the natural menstrual cycle. This was important for practicing the rhythm method, which was the only form of contraception Catholics were allowed to practice. Practice. Um, this involves a woman monitoring when she is fertile and avoiding sexual activity during that time. So John Rock created placebo pills that women would take every month so that they would bleed and have a period. Yeah, placebo pills or sugar pills for anyone that doesn't know are fake pills at the end of the birth control pack that you'd take every month that essentially don't do anything, but (laughs) it's when you'd bleed to mimic a period. Yeah, so this information was widely unknown until 2019 uh, when the medical guidelines in the UK for taking the pill were basically rewritten Mm. women now know that they can safely continue to take the pill without any seven day period gap Um, the only reason that this seven day period gap was introduced was to keep the pope back in the 60s happy yeah the pill wasn't created with women in mind remember that Uh, it causes us to question you know does this really give us full bodily autonomy. Mm. And just going back to contraceptives for men, I'm sure a lot of us have read or seen something regarding the birth control pill for men being studied. And in 2019, it did pass its first round of clinical testing. But men reported essentially similar side effects as women do when they're on the pill. And apparently it was enough for scientists to go back to the drawing board like (laughs) oh like men are reporting weight gain lower libido or mood changes that's not good enough for them so let's try again (laughs) as if women don't encounter those same side effects and more yeah exactly where are the scientists going back to the drawing board for us yeah what's ridiculous is it's also been reported that drug companies don't want them Mm. they believe 
that they won't sell to men. Imagine. Yeah, I really think it will come down to, well, less about the side effects of contraceptives for men, but the societal and cultural implications of a male birth control pill. Like, sure, I believe some men would men would want to share the burden of contraceptives, but I also think it would literally come down to, like, some men saying, well, this drug lowers testosterone, and that isn't manly enough. <laughs> like, I, I do feel like a lot of society would prefer the contraceptive burden to be on women. But, mm. you know, what do you think? Do you think men would take a, a birth control pill or an injection? I almost think science and society wouldn't let them if there were too many side effects. You mm. know, we take men's health more seriously than women's. So if men are reporting essentially the same side effects as women, why would we let them endure that, right? So true. Snaps all around, girl. <laughs> well, it's clear that the pill has side effects, whether you're a man or a woman taking it. So yeah, the pill definitely affects the human body. Well, I wanted to bring up another study here. In a 2015 study published by the journal Human Brain Mapping, neuroscientists found that steroid hormones in birth control pills could affect the way the brain works due to creating a thinner structure caused by synthetic estrogen and progestogen. So this study done, get this, showed that the parts that were affected in the brain were the areas involved in decision-making, emotional processing, and memory. Wow. Yeah, the article then went on to say that emotional instability caused by the pill was likely to put a strain on relationships, leading to conflict and breakups. No big deal, right? (laughs) No, not at all. And in conclusion of this study, they said that scientists have not yet determined if these neurological changes are permanent or if they only last while a woman is on the pill. And like, that's a pretty important key fact. Yeah, you should know that. Yeah, do we have a permanent change in our brains from the pill or not? Exactly, yeah. The issue here, though, is that research on the pill's neurological effects is limited. So many of these studies conclude that there is no conclusion yet (laughs) shock yeah there is a major gap between the sexes in science and medicine the lack of funding for for women's health is significantly low in comparison to men's for example five times more research goes into erectile dysfunction which affects only 19 percent of men than premenstrual syndrome which affects 90 percent of women wow the exact causes and treatments for menstrual pain are still a mystery now think about that for a minute wow that that is really shocking and people especially cis men wonder why women still need to fight for equality and our rights as women yeah and I have a quote here from an Irish journalist actually called uh, Lynn Enright, who had a hysterectomy to examine her womb because of pain she was having, but was essentially dismissed by medical professionals. Shock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when researching for her book called Vagina, A Re-Education, she noticed that there was very little studies done surrounding women's health and pain. She said... Women have been woefully neglected in studies on pain. Most of our understanding of ailments come from the perspective of men. It is overwhelmingly based on studies of men carried out by men, she says. Mm. I mean, this is what we mean when we say that there is little funding on women's health, including the pill, because men are in charge and men don't have to take the pill. Sophie Dunn, I believe you just won your argument. (laughs) Exactly. This is the thing. Women's bodies react differently and there certainly needs to be more awareness and assessment on the potential effects of the pill. Mm. We need to take women 
seriously when they talk about their health and their pain. You know, we don't take women's health seriously, so we expect them to be fine on the pill. Yeah, so many women's side effects of the pill are often overlooked. Um, One of our listeners gave us uh, her permission to talk a little bit about her story. She told us how she um, experienced seizures on the pill, but the investigation into this wasn't thorough enough and it went on for a long time. Um, Her doctors put her on the pill to regulate painful menstruation, but they didn't consider the implications it was having on her health. Um, The pill does not suit everyone. Doctors recommend the pill without investigating whether or not uh, a certain pill will suit someone or if the pill will suit someone at all. There isn't too much investigation that goes into this process. Yeah, I think that's like painfully obvious just when you talk to even, you know, your friends who are on the pill. Like everyone will kind of have a similar story in terms of like something was wrong or it wasn't flawless. Even me who had you know, a really great experience for years. And then only now am I experiencing all these crazy side effects from like simply switching brands. Exactly. Yeah, you put it brilliantly there. Like the pill is not flawless and we shouldn't have to put up with the side effects from it. Yeah. Well, what's your takeaway on today's topic, Soph? Yeah, I just wanted to say that there is um, this lack of education and understanding on the pill in general, I think. Um, We see this with the Catholic Church governing how we take the pill yeah how women don't know that they can continue taking the pill to stop their periods uh, and what side effects the pill may have on our health and yes it does give us control over our body but like Tiana said earlier only to a certain extent the pill wasn't made as an empowering thing for women it was made because the men who made it knew that it they would make a lot of money out of it mm. um our empowerment isn't empowering enough. We need more scientific and medical research into women's health. We need more options because one size doesn't fit all. And we need to be taken seriously and believed when we go to medical professionals with issues. Women need to be more vocal about uh, the areas in which they've been let down by society. And I think one of those things surrounds the pill. Wow. Yeah, that's really, really well put. Um, you know, for me, it's it's just like Sophie said, the pill gives women at least some control over their own bodies, which is great, but it's not enough. We as a society don't care enough about what the pill does to women, how it affects us and how the burden of unwanted pregnancy ultimately falls on us for those who are in straight relationships anyways. Uh, point <laughs> blank, I feel like Women's health needs to be taken more seriously, exactly what Soph said. The pill is not this one-size-fits-all drug where everyone is going to react perfectly and the same to it. And part of being a feminist means asking these questions and making informed decisions about your own reproductive future. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Thanks, Soph. Nah. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Um, we love hearing your stories and how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on our Instagram or review our podcast on Apple to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. Make sure you download, rate and review our podcast and share with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic and let us know how you feel about the birth control pill. See you next Tuesday. Bye.